I would like to see is anybody who wants to run a software business in India has to be headquartered here, have a CEO here, not just a sales team, and list in India. Tell them, boss, you you have enough revenues in India. You have to go become a public company in India because you know then it's an Indian company. Hindustan Lever is very much an Indian company. So is Maruti Suzuki or Suzuki and. Uh, and you know in in insurance for example we don't allow people to sell insurance to us over the top you have to form a company and be regulated by india and all of that right bulk of what we buy as email or android or all of these platforms you mentioned they are not regulated by india right when indian parliament invites the or asks the twitter ceo to come to the parliament what was the answer hi welcome to the startup fridays weekly conversations with accomplished entrepreneurs we see investors and other folk who are doing significant work in india's startup ecosystem i'm hariharakli and my guest today is anand lunia general partner at india quotient a well known domestic vc firm that backs entrepreneurs attempting to solve large problems for the indian market even at the concept stage as he puts it in this episode anand talks about how 2021 was an exception and that for the startup ecosystem to come back to its mean two thirds of the startups may not be able to raise money going forward he also talks about how as a nation we ought to prioritize software independence backing local software entrepreneurs developing software intellectual property and not just software jobs welcome to this podcast anand and uh, I think your name in the Indian startup ecosystem kind of uh, does not need an introduction, and so I probably I thought I wouldn't get into the usual way of starting and asking you to give us a snapshot of all that you've done and so on. Maybe along the way, you know, if we uh, if the conversation goes that way, I'll probably ask you some questions. And sure, again by way of uh, preparation, I was looking at what's the latest news about India Quotient, and I came across uh, uh, Rapid Box, and I came across uh, almost. 6x returns from your first fund and uh, so just i don't know think yes. a lot about some of these things what's happening at india quotient so hari india quotient started uh, in 2012 so over 10 years now and uh, we initially just wanted to solve for what we enjoy doing mm. that is what the goal was the goal was never to build a big firm mm. and we still aren't a big firm from the smallest firm in our peers so our goal was that we enjoy doing concept stage checks we enjoy working with uh, entrepreneurs who who are not like well established highly polished highly credentialed entrepreneurs and uh, who are solving problems which are not top down for example last 10 years if you study the history of uh, what people are doing uh people are basically people were basically bringing models from us and saying okay well, let's open the amazon of india so we got flipkart and many others and let's do the you know uh, doordash of india so we got food delivery company then we got the cab aggregators so we got ola and that actually is a very good successful model we said okay everybody is doing that what will i stand for what will i contribute more and everybody already also was investing in people who are highly credentialed particularly with a us education 
or a US job experience, big brand name, like I worked in Yahoo, Google, Facebook, Microsoft and whatnot. And bulk of the VCs also, at least 10 years ago, were people who had some experience of, you know, taste of US. And the conventional wisdom was that if you don't have that, you will not be successful in venture investing. And we said, okay, what's the contrarian view to this? So we said, we'll invest in sons of soil who usually will struggle to speak a, you know, good English, definitely struggle to write a good paragraph. And not because they can't, because they're not used to. Uh, and uh, and who are sol- trying to solve the problems which which are not global parallels, which are not discovered themes. So you, it takes a lot of conviction personally and courage to do something which is not the theme of the day. Hence the name India Quotient, solving unique problems in India. And by the entrepreneurs who come from India, not from of specific areas of Bombay or Delhi, which are anything but India. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, 10 years is a relatively short period of time. for those, Yeah, so those problems to have changed uh, too much. But uh, some important things have happened in the country. I mean, uh, apart from liberalization originally, and more recently, of course, the whole data and fintech revolution and so all that and you are very much into lending and uh, uh, local vernacular social media and all of that so maybe think a lot about uh, what you see changing today and how these uh, these problems that you set out to kind of back entrepreneurs to solve how those are changing and how the the entrepreneurial effort itself is changing maybe totally uh, thankfully you know a lot has changed right today uh, what we thought of as a dream that uh, Indian entrepreneurs will build our own social network. It was, I mean, people couldn't think about it. You know, the pushback I got from uh, a lot of global VCs, let's say before 2016, was that forget that, you know, Indian can, Indians can compete or Indian company can compete with Facebook or Instagram. Forget that. But you don't even have talent to build an Indian social network takes a lot of skills and even design skills and all of that. Uh, both have changed. Right? Uh, it has been now it's clear that, you know, the mass markets of India, people, what we people call Bharat, they are not going to blindly adopt whatever is working in the West. You also can't blindly plonk whatever has been built for Western audiences. And at the same time, our uh, entrepreneurs have significantly demonstrated skills, you know, at par or better. We may be lagging a little bit on the fronts of AI. We're catching up there. But on everything else, we are at par. Uh, so both have happened. And to a large extent by, you know, I guess say what has changed. The first big change we saw was uh, Geo. And the moment Geo was announced, even before Geo launched properly, uh, the other telcos reduced their rates dramatically. And suddenly, uh, internet went into the hands of everybody. Second impact was uh, the the uh, Chinese uh, cheaper smartphones with a big impact because everybody had decent quality phones at a low cost. Uh, 
uh, as compared to let's say seven eight years ago. Today you can get a decent handset under ten thousand rupees. Pretty decent will last you two years. The third thing, which you know, of course there is the the financial and the UPI and all a lot talk about. I I noticed one very specific phenomenon and still betting big on that uh, power. So Hari, if power, you know, we take it for granted because you know we always lived in power. Uh, I I spent bulk of my uh, childhood in Ahmedabad. Hardly any power cuts, uh, you know, except the 90s and 80s. And even even 90s there were no power cuts in Bombay. Again, no power cuts. Delhi, of course, slightly different. Uh, but we take power for granted. We even if there's a power cut, we'll know when the power cut will happen, and we know it'll come back. If you are working, if you're living in a small town and working there, let's say in a small business, you don't know when the power will go, when it'll come. So your ability to run a business using internet is limited by power supply. So the fact that fact that power was solved 24 by 7, those people said, okay, now. i can perhaps depend on technology what what the conventional wisdom was oh these guys are so retrograde these are like small businessmen are they pot bellied you know guys from the previous era they don't know how to use software and you know all of that that's not true it was just not there they didn't have the access they didn't have the access to internet the way we have access to internet they didn't have access to power they didn't know that you know if i'm going to use upi payments for the first Five hours of the day later, uh, say okay. After two o'clock, the afternoon power goes away, and I will not accept UPI payment. It doesn't work that way. So, so a lot is happening. In fact, I feel that you know, twenty-four by seven power or reliable power in the smallest cities and smallest villages, uh, that is yet to happen fully. And as and when it happens, people start depending on it. You know, people in a village can afford uh, an air conditioner. They can even afford a washing machine. I mean, labor is not that easily available in villages now. And we don't want a uh, country's labor into going uh, into uh, washing clothes. That's not a productive use of labor. Right? So I think that's yet to play out. You know, the the rural household doesn't have the appliances that we have. Uh, the appliances will look different from what we have in our houses. Uh, the kind of things they buy online will be very different from what we buy, and that whole story is yet to play out. The kind of content they consume is different; that is already proven, thankfully, and that's the direction I'm saying. So, you've you know um, historically looked at uh, social media for for the local market, uh, lending based startups. Uh, I think uh, more recently, I, I guess in the past few years, also looked at. people making software for local small businesses and things yes. like that can you delve into that a little bit how are these things because of these infrastructural improvements that you have seen that we have all seen uh, so prospects for these startups obviously are now better and give us a sense of what you're saying i'll give an example uh, of how uh, i like to uh, you know infer things right i mean uh, as an investor uh, i don't have a lot of money i can't go into a successful proven company so i just need to have insights which the founders have i don't want the founder and give me insight to come and give me insight that's probably like you know uh, take longer to register in my mind so we have we try to build our own insights and say okay this founder is pitching this thing uh 
uh, have we seen similar behavior elsewhere? I'll give you an example of a company called Vyapar, the software for uh, small businesses uh, to do their accounting, etc., etc. A poor man's tally, if you will, as a software. Uh, in 2016, this gentleman had written a pitch to me and uh, Sumit. And I said, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's okay. We want to do something like that, but may not work. And I passed on it. The same thing came back to us in 2018. Same company. And thanks to the gentleman, he wrote back to me. I'm so glad that I didn't annoy him uh, as much in 2016 while saying no. And within those two days, two years, we had seen a few things. One, a lot of data was coming in from our company, Lending Cut, where Lending Cut said, you know, the small town guys are actually well-educated. They are not always in their father's business. They have chosen to not go and work for 30,000 rupees in Infosys or TCS. They're staying back and they want to make a business. They also understand the value of credit reports. They know that, you know, for a small loan, you don't want to be, you know, uh, 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 short of a home loan or a car loan. They'll need credit scores. They understand that. They also understand the fact that uh, you have to go and do self-serve on internet to get a better deal. At the same time, the government had uh, forced GST on everybody. So, so the adoption of government is compulsory. Right? Adoption of a software is voluntary, where you will have resistance, you know, it doesn't suit me, I'm lazy, I'm lethargic in adopting. Government didn't give an option. In fact, it was almost pushed down the throats, although the software wasn't good at all. You know, initially, if you remember the problems the software had, but government still pushed it down. You know, and I, I don't know the merits about that. Should have been done better, I'm sure. But the, the, the businessman now said, boss, this is compulsory. I anyways have to be linked to internet. Whatever I am doing, the government is already tracking every piece of it. And, you know, to, to keep track of GST bills manually uh, was becoming a pain. And uh, in 2018, the software became extremely relevant. And we saw that as an opportunity. Then the question only was that, is this a big market? Right? Now, the big market and whether people will pay. Now, you know, traditionally, we have all said, that Indians love to pirate software. But Ari, you know, how fair is it that Microsoft Office, which, which was the most widely pirated software, Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, I mean, we've all used in our childhood or you know, young age, we've all used pirated Microsoft Office. Right? How fair is it that a software which is selling for $100 in uh, US is sold at the same price in India? I mean, what? How many things do we do? Indians, normal Indians, buy for eight thousand rupees, right? I mean, it's unfair. We get in India, we get a Jio broadband or Airtel broadband for like two hundred rupees a month. We get all you can eat, all phone calls included, all uh, broadband included. Now it's probably three hundred rupees, right? And and I felt that you know that is the right price point. People will pay hundred, two hundred rupees per month and monthly basis. You can't do an upfront license lifelong or whatever, you know, and even Microsoft is not lifelong. I mean, you have to keep upgrading it. So I said, at a fair price point, everybody will buy. Let's take that bet. So we actually said the market doesn't look big. People will not pay. Yet, let's go the cheapest. And this is what the founder was doing. And that insight which the founder had, you know, was a phenomenal one. Yeah, I want 
people to try my software for free for a long time maybe perpetually but if they want certain features i'll charge them 2000 rupees a year that's all and that was a courage that founder had we just had to put a little bit of money i mean for me it's just an option i mean uh, uh, i i don't call uh, putting 5 uh, crore uh, rupees in a company as courage but for a founder to start such a tough business which everybody will be a naysayer that's courage i'm just backing the courage mm. yeah i guess startups which are solving important problems for other businesses will probably like you said eventually find that sweet spot and begin to make significant amounts of money uh, but with uh, some of the other sectors i mean i'm particularly curious about uh, companies like sharechat or ku or kuku fm some of these companies uh, how do you see them uh, making money i mean again i guess they will give access to advertisers perhaps to a large uh, bharat and so on both again we have been proven you know there is so much of conventional wisdom which actually i wish everybody around us including ourselves were more positive about the ability of indian consumers to be discerning enough to pay for what they want and not pay for what they don't want right mm. we are just simply assuming that indian consumers will not pay we already take it for granted not just you and i even global investors everybody right but today and i'll give an example of kuku fm then share chat kuku fm is charging 400 rupees a year for podcasts including stories etc you know you remember those magazines called gruva shobha and manohar kahaniya manorama all these magazines had an audience they were vanished and all of that content and the need for the housewife the blue collar worker you know and the people who don't don't read fancy podcast or don't listen to funny podcast like this one you know that market is huge okay and they are paying housewives are paying blue collar workers mechanics who can't uh, watch a video but they can always listen to something while playing they are listening to radio so so koku fm radio is free i agree magazines were not free people were happy to pay for magazines right even earlier so koku fm is filling the bridge between paid magazines and uh, free radio and better quality content it has 2 million paid subscribers today hotstar by the way in our country has 40 million plus subscribers right? and 40 million is a big number koku fm is just two just started i am sure they will their audience might actually be bigger than hotstar we don't know we'll find out might be smaller share chat again when share chat is actually relatively easy uh share chat advertising is easy because you know there is a lot of money google and facebook you know they already making a lot of money and a few other independent publication houses are making some money uh share chat besides that also took a clue from uh, the chinese experiments on monetization and where a lot of content creators get gifts like money gifts from uh, from the uh, like the viewers or listeners they have audio content also they have uh, video content they have text content and people pay them and share it as a commission and that's also a big revenue driver and share it is building many other revenue streams but share chat is uh, today after uh, youtube and instagram the third biggest social network with 100 million like 10 crore people spending over half an hour a day you know that has to be monetized well it's just complex you know facebook and google have 
figured out exactly the ad you want to see mm. and they also have insights into you because you know they read your whatsapp and they'll read your email they even read what you say we hear what you say i am sure that you and i will get one or two relevant ads out of this after this podcast they know what we are talking uh share chat is a slightly difficult problem but they still have to solve once delivering the right ads they are on to it and uh, share chat by the way has a, a revenue run rate of uh, around 100 million dollars a year already so there are revenues and, and it has to go 5x 10x from here easily uh because it has to fall in line with what youtube and instagram make in india uh i think that uh, every time a founder proves that we can charge make money here you know we break just one myth but i would wish that you know we got out of this problem that indians won't pay once and for all and that would probably encourage a lot more people to build software for india i i feel that the advantage of america is that the whole economy pays for all the businesses at least even government to some extent all the businesses pay for software and become more efficient in india somehow as a culture we feel that labor is cheap it is it and uh, people shouldn't use software but software should be for convenience for efficiency for better product better service better quality and you know indian company making software for us is making the us economy stronger which is good you know they're paying us also but why should indian companies not make software for india because that will certainly make indian economy better at the government level interestingly indian software like upi aadhar is like 1000 times better than what they have in us i mean amazingly better the best part is this software for american government is built by indian it services companies and hence it's not good <laughs> but software for software for indian government is not built by the same it services not all of it is built by the indian services companies i wish that you know uh, uh, more money goes into building software for india the multiplier effect of adoption of software at every stage of economy will be phenomenal and and i think at uh, at the size of our economy you no know, the 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 software market looks smaller but it's it's a potentially a huge market smaller than us of course but a big market and i i, I can't imagine i mean just imagine the multiplier effect uh, you know some of the government initiative had if uh, startups also get into the mix it'll be a great thing and today there's a platform adoption is there people can pay it, uh, online uh, i i am seeing a deluge in the coming decade on uh, selling software to consumers like kuku fm and selling software to businesses like vapar and pagarbok and fleetex and so many others mm. and just to stay on the theme of uh, indian entrepreneurs building software for the indian market uh, i'm sure you must have looked at uh, at the more fundamental infrastructural level if there are any interesting developments what i mean is uh, the browser for example is basically chrome and safari totally uh, yeah so so you know extend that to uh, the hardware infrastructure and so on uh, is that something we should think about or is it is it okay the status quo is it okay and you know see bhari uh 
Okay, uh, may not be exactly the answer to what you're posing, but if I look at it as a country, we are already beginning to take steps in being hardware independent. It means there's a lot of money going into semiconductors, and uh, and although this is just producing semiconductor technology which is developed outside the world, we're just licensing it. But how dependent are we on the software? Haven't we thought of anything like software independence? You know. at least email i mean do we really need to use google email in the country think about it why do we need to use google email why can't we have our own we have by the way right we have our own email providers soho and many others are providing email with a decent quality email without all, all the spam also but can't we be independent in bulk of the country russia for example doesn't use gmail either does china many other countries don't use you know global email providers we shouldn't be using because you know it's a lot of revenue Uh, hari we don't realize how much revenue we are giving to google for example right or global companies just through our credit cards the rbi has i don't think the rbi calculates that money you know how much goes abroad for buying software through credit cards it's a big amount of money and and you know we are we want uh, hardware independence but we don't want independence for all the software which will run on it yeah and and i would say that let's do the other way around let us not See that will do an Indian replica. When Indian government wanted to bring in uh, cars, Suzuki was asked to form a GV in India or an independent company. Many companies now, many automakers are independent company, subsidiary in India. Be an Indian company and run the business. What I would like to see is anybody who wants to run a software business in India has to be headquartered here, have a CEO here, not just a sales team. and list in india tell them boss you you have enough revenues in india you have to go become a public company in india because you know then it's an indian company hindustan lever is very much an indian company so is maruti suzuki or suzuki and uh, and you know in in insurance for example we don't allow people to sell insurance to us over the top you have to form a company and be regulated by india and all of that right bulk of what we buy as email or android or all of these platforms you mentioned they are not regulated by india right when indian parliament invites the or asks the twitter ceo to come to the parliament what was the answer everybody just forgot i mean we slept over it right because they didn't respond because it's not an indian company it should be with the third largest market in the country and the same uh, same importance we give to insurance indian company cars has to be indian company semiconductor we want again an indian company why not for software you know why this special uh, case for software we should have and i am saying let's not even saying we'll get a replacement we don't need to we want indian companies google india should be a indian company listed in india we'll all make money by investing in it we should we ought to why should all the wealth creation only be limited to american investors you and i can't invest in google india the, the rbi doesn't allow us to so yes let's get our own platforms with the same name and then the competition also will be fair yeah i mean amazon yeah. india should be listed in india i mean then the whole debate of e-commerce rules and all goes away right no problem come to india become an indian company bring a one time capital any more capital you want to do should not be land grab that amazon us will perpetually keep pumping money into india why whatever they want to raise let them face our indian markets like our indian entrepreneurs will do or need to do fair game even platform nobody complains because amazon india will 
we owned by amazon us to a large extent no complaints also right we are not even like cutting anybody out i don't think that uh, the japanese government or american governments are complaining that you know why are you insisting on indian company for car makers why can't we simply export to you we are forcing and nobody is complaining so why are we worried that you know if we do the same thing to software companies i i somehow feel that you know we are optimizing just for job creation right on the labor side we are not optimizing for wealth creation we are not optimizing for ip creation i mean i think the biggest threat is not just semiconductor it is but also the fact of what peter ceo summoned by the parliament showed to us we have zero independence on software side and it should not be just by indian replacement that's not the right way to look at it i mean of course shared is trying to do its bit and you know an alternative platform we need alternative we are an open economy everybody is welcome and we have a good successful model right foreign banks have come here done well uh foreign insurance companies have done auto companies they are all indian companies i mean i am sure the suzuki is more of an indian company uh, at some point domino's market cap in india of jubilant foods was higher than the market cap of dominant us we we didn't complain so google india should be welcome to listen in india and so should amazon india and then then it's be fine whatever you are saying will be achieved yeah now just i came across this piece of news about how germany is telling microsoft that your software right now is not uh, you know it, it does not comply with our privacy rules when it comes to children in schools and certain other use cases and in comparison i was thinking that what what all the governments and schools and colleges in india are spending on uh, exactly. this kind of software is probably staggering amounts every staggering amounts and we don't even yeah. know what the amount is yeah and and just imagine if all of this amount was made by a company listed in india paying income tax in india paying sales tax in india you know it will be a phenomenal boost to the economy and wealth creation and interestingly at that point hari do you know that all of these products we buy as global software none of the engineers work in india you know because these engineers work in the silicon valley they leave google they start a company in silicon valley but if it's an indian company i'm sure the local ceo will say boss you know Any new products are developing in India only. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and that will build the whole ecosystem. If you want to start an ecosystem, I mean, just imagine the kind of ecosystem that was built around uh, Suzuki because of the them having auto component manufacturers and all of that, and then other cars came in, and then now we are exporting. If we really want to export software to the world as export products, right? We will have to do something on that front. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably an interesting point to ask you about whether you've thought about backing entrepreneurs who maybe today maybe it's time to I mean you started out by backing entrepreneurs who are going to attempt to solve large problems for India but now perhaps there's also because of the internet uh, and and other uh, changes and improvements opportunity for Indian entrepreneurs to export an Indian model to the sort of global market. Uh, Have you already invested in some startups like that, or have you been thinking about? I I am hoping that some of my companies will export Indian software as an Indian priced software to rest of the world. So so what's happened is bulk of the software in the world and software is a problem. If you build software for America, right? Uh, let's say Twitter. There's a debate going on right now. Seven dollars a month for a blue tick, right? 
Now they said that you know we'll make it cheaper for somebody from India, but you know I mean everybody will say I'm from India. You know how does Twitter find out? You can do a VPN and <laughs> pay lower amount. So software actually is tougher to price uh, differently in different countries. Bulk of the software is built for US, priced for US. Usually software will be like you know per per, per user per month will be like a range of fifteen twenty dollars a month to all the way to hundred thirty dollars for a Salesforce implementation, right? uh that's really expensive for rest of the world only america and european countries maybe japan maybe south korea and maybe a few rich banks in india can afford that kind of a software that's all rest of the world africa latin america you know i mean southeast asia even middle east many of the countries they can't afford american software they're not using american software they're looking for alternatives and i feel that to that extent a team which is designing software to be at the geo prices and that's my benchmark for pricing right mm. and the same benchmark because in india with broadband we pay 3 4 dollars a month in uh, uh us they pay 30 dollars a month for broadband and phone calls so that's the price parity and and that is the the thing we need to do that you know can we build software for india and and actually 80% of the world is similar to india in terms of what they can afford what they can use the conditions you know uh the need to self serve because you can't do a lot of service component for at this price all of this self serve you know you know simple software you know in us simple is a very important factor by the way in us you know uh people have evolved you know you and i and the people in us you know when you think of internet we think of chrome and the search bar and you know you're supposed to go and use good english good rational search streams now so somebody who got into internet recently is not english first as a language not very proficient uh hasn't been taught how to search from childhood their search results will always be poor because because you know you are assuming all of that the complexity we people can handle in software oh this is the left bar the navigation the stop button is on the right bar top hand that is not intuitive to somebody who just recently started using internet and hence the assumption that you know everybody in india us has been using software for maybe 20 years you know bulk of the kids they start using these things from from beginning but rest of the world is not like that so the simplicity also is a factor and 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 the same company can't say you know we'll have a microsoft word for india separately is too complex by the way i i think now most of us don't use whatever I mean, like not even 10% of the software world or excel provide right what stuff they provide it's still very expensive we pay for it and uh, simplicity price uh, both are uh, factors and uh, i think uh, i'm hoping that indian entrepreneurs will build for india and rest of the world not just for us so in this context give us a quick update on uh, uh, how india quotient itself is evolving the direction that you all are headed i mean currently are you all at your third fund fourth fund and what typically 50 60 million dollars is what you invest out of so hari we uh, we are at fourth fund now fund 3 was 60 million dollars fund 4 is uh, 115 okay we also have some opportunity funds uh, for investments in later rounds we we are raising the second one next year uh we we solve backwards so there are three partners madhukar gagan and myself uh there are a few other kids who also started doing their own investments now 
So the way we do it is that you know each partner does only three deals a year, and our promise to an entrepreneur is whether we give you one crore rupees or ten crore rupees or twenty crore rupees, we will get the same attention and same discretion and same uh, you know uh, focus. Uh, all of us do only three deals a year. As a fund, that's all we can do. Uh, in a bu- bubble year, we do less. So 2021, which is a bubble year, we do only six deals a firm, mm. fewer than average. Uh, so we simply say, okay, how much money do we need to do this many deals? Let's say a three-year, and three-year is a good time frame to do time diversification. And let's go and raise this much. With God's grace, uh, we have been able to raise from Indian investors. I love working with them. I feel that you know, as a byproduct, I'm also making money for Indian investors. I'm very happy about uh, contributing to the economy, whatever little. Uh, in terms of the taxes we pay, and uh, also the the excitement about the asset class, uh, and uh, that's the focus. So everybody who joins the firm joins for the long ride. We pay probably uh, lower than market uh, in terms of compensation, but everybody in the team has a profit share. Even the guys who just joined a year ago at an associate level has profit sharing. Uh, to that extent, we pay way more than the market, but people have to play the long game to make that much money, and uh, and yet we keep a small fund because uh, we want to stick to what we enjoy doing, what we are good at. So Madhukar and I have been doing angel investing stage, like seed stage, uh, where you just see a guy and a plan or maybe a prototype, and invest in that. We have done that for last fifteen years. We don't want to change. And uh, hence, we raise whatever we need to do that uh, every three years. And and how's what you have been investing in changing? I mean, yeah, I mean, just just uh, how uh, along with that, I'll also tell you uh, how we built the team. So when we started, uh, Madhukar came from uh, the microfinance background. You know, he fit very well with uh, India Quotient, the name and the philosophy of India Quotient. Uh, Madhukar and I started. Uh, both of us started focusing initially on uh, finance. And social media, we felt that these are two easy things. You know, don't have to monetize. Today, Cuckoo FM is monetizing, Shachar is monetizing. But those days, we felt that you know, finance is giving money, and uh, social media, you just have to do monetize with ads. Easier to do that. Uh, slowly, we graduated to charging for software. So, like actually, the peak of what you can do in the software world, right? Uh, uh, we've reached there already. And, and and to build that, we uh, to 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 align with the opportunities. We got Gagan, uh, he's an entrepreneur from IIT Bombay. I had funded his company in two thousand seven. He came us in two thousand eighteen, and uh, Gagan uh, started building our software for business practice, software for Indian businesses, SaaS for India. Uh, he led the investment in Vyapar, then Fleetex. And I also got into the mix. I, I also have a software background in my first startup from the dot com boom, and both of us uh, started focusing also on software. And uh, the next level team, we have people who again love software, and so that's how the the team uh, evolved. We we also have uh, Shruti from uh, Deutsche Bank uh, who enjoys doing more finance, and uh, Vaishak who enjoys doing more software. And uh, Sahil, uh, who's happy to do whatever his network brings. Uh, some of these people, what I also feel is that going forward to shape the firm, we need to do a 
you know diversity in the team uh, in terms of gender is one fact you know and we have uh, out of four associates two of them are girls two are boys but uh, beyond that i think age diversity is even more important right if in all the firms all the partners are 45 45 that's sort of not the right mix i would love to have a partner at 30 and that would really give me diversity maybe on the wrong side of 30 like right side of 30 maybe 29 and that will be really diversity because then i have people who actually think different we we already feel out of touch and uh, also we have too much baggage now 15 years into vc uh, can actually create a lot of unknown baggage you know you, you think you are fighting the baggage but you actually have and you, you it will remain uh, only a newer younger partner can challenge that baggage that we will all have just because of you know a passage of time so that's the goal to to induct a very very young partner given example by baggage you mean certain biases uh, that you would have picked up uh, over the years uh, what do you mean totally i'll give an example okay and uh, you know we all have to judge founders unfortunately that's the business right and I mean, when we say we judge we judge we just just like any human being we judge somebody else you know because i want to invest in somebody so i have to be impressed by what the founder has accomplished uh, with his plans his thinking but i also have to judge the founder as an individual so i might judge somebody because you know they are into fancy cars okay because you know in my day and age an entrepreneur was supposed to drive a two wheeler that's what i did uh, as an entrepreneur right and then i bought a second hand uh, maruti st after that you know so that's how i i thought that the journey of entrepreneur should be right uh, whereas today entrepreneurs they haven't grown in the same environment within their families or within their peers uh the salary scales have also changed right even the entry level for for qualified people in india so for them to buy let's say a fancy car let's say a merc or an audi like 30 40 lakhs on installment they'll buy a second hand merc at 15 lakhs or an audi at 20 lakhs you know for them it's not profligacy that's a part of how they live right i mean it's like uh, for me a treat would be in when i was an entrepreneur for me a treat would be to go to shiv sagar and have a healthy meal a hearty meal and lot of dessert uh for founders today it's actually going to a fancy pub and uh, blowing up five ten thousand rupees i mean uh and and both are good right i might judge somebody just because they are into that i shouldn't and i know i know i shouldn't i overlook but i do notice for for a younger investor you know he will be able to judge better and i'm saying you you still need to judge the lifestyle preferences right i mean uh, some of the lifestyle preferences uh, uh have created problems and, and some of them is recently in news also right when as you are aware uh, but but the judging parameters have to change uh so that's an example of you know how it looked differently even the needs of consumer right what do consumers want right i mean uh, today the buyers of software for example in small towns they're all 20 plus you know we we had a concept of the family city of hari that every family in india particularly in smaller towns has one young guy who's in teens or young girl who's in teens who does the entire digital work of the family they will do the prepaid charge they will book the tickets this kid uh, will will not have their own account they'll book the tickets for the whole family they will do any boarding pass any taxi booking uber booking whatever because a lot of digital work has to be done now 
in fact some of these teenage kids help their parents in the business world right uh these kids now are slowly growing up entering 20s and they will start their business so the next generation of small businessmen big businessmen you know they are all going to be extremely tech savvy very soon it's there i mean the internet revolution is just 5 6 years old so all the teenagers are growing getting into 20s now they will be many of them will start businesses right now to connect to them and how they will buy software what they want i'll give an example one of my founders said anand we should give cheat codes for our software for webpar for example okay and uh, i said why cheat codes that's not good you are giving away free he said no 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 the most enthusiastic guys when they play games they are used to getting cheat codes they use cheat codes they play the game and then they spread the word around the game about the game and everybody asks them what games to play what's new so if we give cheat codes to the same kids they will install the software in their uh, businesses in their father's business maybe or their own business and then they'll talk about it ki yaar bahut badhiya software hai cheat codes will not be for everybody they will not be permanent but they will get into the right influencers now this insight is not natural for me but the younger investing members got it immediately yes this makes sense this is how we play games and and that actually is is another insight right uh we we need to and and to be honest you know i mean this thing about wisdom you need a mix in the wisdom in the team as an individual you need people to catch unique insights we we are there i mean in terms of tempering people that's my job <laughs> tempering expectation of my team members or or uh, my founders but people need to be able to identify something new mm. on the other side of the table um they think the motivations for entrepreneurship have also changed a little bit i mean from the time that you went from icici to brain visa at a time there was basically no I internet know. in the country to today i mean they think uh, the reason people do things hari i wouldn't say motivation of all the entrepreneurs have changed i would just simply say that in the bubble and we were in a bubble for last 10 years in the bubble we have funded too many entrepreneurs with the wrong motivations and not only funded them we have celebrated too many entrepreneurs with the wrong motivations i'll give an example of this is not just in startups by the way the same problem happened in the public markets also. you know uh, both investors in the boom in the early 90s arshad mehta time right wrong investors were celebrated widely you know and i'm sure that some of your colleagues were a part of that uh, celebrations in those days and the wrong wrong founders also were celebrated mm. and not just satyam from hyderabad so many companies from hyderabad and ahmedabad i belong to ahmedabad and I, i saw what happened there they would they would raise money from public and they celebrated uh even till recently we were i mean we put uh companies like our power you know the biggest uh, you know pump and dump was our power it wasn't ptm right? ptm actually you know i'm sure that uh, has some value uh, still left and, and there is a business there is a real business our power was just a shell company I mean, there were no business they simply had contracts to build power uh, vijay malya I mean, and i'm i'm saying from what i know from public these were all celebrated on in uh, uh, and they had access to money public markets give them money it's not like uh, they swindled money from somewhere public markets and public banks give them money private banks give them money uh 
but in the startup world we we were we had more discretion of course right neither did we celebrate the wrong kind of founder nor did we fund them uh we got carried away in the last few years uh i think that has to unwind there are a lot of committed entrepreneurs today i mean think about it why will somebody start a company today in december 22 when practically nobody is getting funded big amounts the bar is so high people are still starting companies i am sure that they are they don't have the right you know what happens is that even the best founders that i had and i have seen even we when we didn't fund them they were under the influence of the wrong founders why because the wrong founders were still being celebrated and being funded again and again so so i think there were a few bad actors who were then influencing the good actors in the founding community uh once we remove the bad actors you know with a small correction the rest of them actually want to build companies uh it's just that you know who's who as funds we call to advise our entrepreneurs right we in uh, do we do we ask people to seek advice for building a company or how to hack a funding raise that's a, so 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 that's the difference yeah i'm also interested in uh, related part of the of this uh, thought process uh, i mean sure everyone saying funding winter for startups but uh, vc firms are still announcing uh, large firms uh, bloom just announced uh, and you are yeah. compared to historically your funds your latest fund is much bigger and yes people are raising bigger funds i think bloom many others they are all great firms and they see the same opportunity that we see except that our expectations of the size of exit right that is still tempered but the width of the opportunity is bigger and bigger the pool of people qualified to become entrepreneurs who have experienced entrepreneurs or what were excited by entrepreneurs that remains as big uh, so and we we spoke about what opportunities the country is giving to us right uh, so all those remain i think uh, the dry powder as we refer to right uh, is not in a rush mm. we we run a program for uh, budding vcs on how to run a fund associates can join and you know uh, learn from the the seasoned people there and we were we, people ask questions like you know this so much of dry powder when do you plan to deploy and people said we are in no hurry to deploy and definitely you know we will see significant uh, proof of course correction change and significant change in thinking you know the bar on the founders is very high the bar on the companies is very high now and i'd say that you know broadly estimating in in the last two years in 21 uh, 2021 two years in the bubble the volume of deals and the amount of money per deal was almost 3x sorry mm. if it has to revert to the mean let's say we have to go back to 18 19 you know uh, or maybe slightly bigger than 18 19 i feel that almost two thirds of the companies will not raise money now because you know it went three up three x it will come back to the normal number people who normally deploy a fund in uh, three years ended up deploying the entire fund in 21 it will come back to three years again so again they will do one third deals right so this is sort of uh, what will mean is that two thirds of the company is will really really have to struggle we haven't seen the struggle yet in 2022 people were sitting on the money raised previously they announced 10% 20% cuts that's useless we will need 
to say 80% cuts, 50% cuts. We've yet to see that those. And uh, it will be, it will go down south, maybe in the first half. And then some companies will emerge stronger. And there is enough money for those, of course. But by the way, why do we need need uh, to fund every company? That's how it should be, right? I mean, 10 years ago, companies were shut down. No big deal. I mean, that's the whole idea. This time, what's happening is companies who have become very big in terms of fundraising also will shut down. Big deal again. Companies should shut down. I mean, in fact, I would worry if companies won't shut down. And I would worry if everybody was getting money. Shouldn't get money. At every stage, only one third of the people should get money. And and, uh, only the founders who have the stomach for this kind of uh, hunger games uh, should should join this race. Do you want to, has there any examples of big companies with big fundraising that you think are in trouble or at least give us a sense of uh, what you see happening in terms of why they can't make money in India or wherever the market is? So I would say that, I would say that big companies with big fundraisers have very smart investors and smart founders. They will most likely, and I am I am sure they will, they will force correct. They will change the businesses. So to that extent, you know, the original company will not survive. Mm. The entity, the founder, they will find out a smaller or a different, better business model. So that's what I would say. It's tough to shut down a company which has raised decent amount of money. No. Uh, we have seen some of these pivots earlier where uh, people started a business and uh, discovered, for example, companies like uh, Urban Clap, which originally focused heavily on uh, plumbers and electricians, are now focusing on on much better value-added services like beauty or uh, salon and therapy. And they added something like a haircut at home, which was usually not there, not not a popular service for them. So companies are, are, are uh, and, and this is a company which didn't go through the pain, by the way, right? but they adopted themselves to a premium service, stopped discounting entirely. It's a fabulous company. Right? I mean, the evolution from a discounted service to a premium high quality service at home is uh, really worth watching. And I really admire the, what the company has achieved. And we've seen similar, uh, you know, uh, things in... Uh, for example, the, the evolution of uh, Mintra from a discounted market for everything, you know, they are trying to course correct to having a lot of their own brand with higher margins and they've been successful uh, in that. Uh, Nika has built a lot of their own private labels. Nika has also gone offline right, to, to capture the brand and the value there. So companies will not hesitate uh, doing these steps. Lenskart did that. When, uh, when they struggled to grow very heavily online and there was a lot of discounting, they went offline and they have scaled fabulously in offline. I don't know the financial numbers, of course, of all of these companies. I would say that all of these companies which have raised money will find uh, an equilibrium. Mm. Uh, they will say, okay, we'll, we will probably go to the right place where there's prof- pockets of profit, uh, which could mean going offline, which could mean uh, shutting down some businesses which could mean focusing on not enhancing the market like urban club, but focusing on the premium end of the market. People will make these moves and uh, I'm hoping that a lot of them will be successful. I mean, uh, it'll be a good lesson. And then the next time people start, they will start with the right market, not in terms of only expanding the market. By the way, I mean, even uh, Zomato stopped uh, their uh, gold plan because probably it was leakage. Uh, they Both Zomato and Sugi are charged for delivery now. 
number of discounts have come down they have uh, like you know reduced or probably got out of the cloud kitchens right so so you're seeing some moves from these companies and then these are course corrections uh the younger companies will may might need to do bigger course corrections that's what i'm saying much bigger course correction maybe some of them will not be the original business what was your own original you know, drive to become an entrepreneur and then uh, how what got you thinking about becoming a vc uh that's a good story <laughs> so so i became an entrepreneur uh again no ma- major vision or anything i used to work in icici treasury uh so had access to internet i would read uh, like you know fancy stuff that was happening abroad already and uh, sort of i'd say got corrupted by the bug of what internet can do to people in india also the excitement of you know oh, wait, why can't we do this in india and, and uh, while uh, i was excited about all this and i kept reading the whole year the opportunity around the end of 99 the opportunity presented to me when uh, my erstwhile co-founders vikas kumar and supam maheshwari and nitin uh, um, supam is the ceo of first cry supam and vikas would come to my apartment uh, icsi had given me the apartment they would come and stay with me while on and uh, they would uh, discuss their business plan and they while they were pitching to vcs one of and i would discuss they enjoyed discussing with me one of those days supam said why don't you join me i really like uh, talking to you and uh, we have to go and pitch to this vc and uh, i said okay let me go to one of the vc pitch with you i went and this guy first question he asked me oh anand you don't seem to have left your job i said i'm about to no no leave your job and come back to me again so the next day i went and resigned uh, uh and uh, that was it when in fact uh, uh, my boss uh, at icsi very kindly wanted me to stay don't resign in december resign in march you you are due with a good bonus i said nothing doing i'm going now right <laughs> he said stay stay back nothing will happen to your bonus but at least take it and go uh, you worked hard for it so i left and uh, and and long story uh, short you know uh, uh, got out of brain uh, visa and uh, the guys who had uh, funded me and i wanted to do a real business this time i was i was uh, frustrated with uh, the lack of, of traction we wanted to build something like byju and brain visa originally and that didn't pan out well so i was i said no internet business india doesn't have internet 2005 i said i'll start a chain of service apartment a real business and i did start with some of the money that i got from bed visa i put up some 40 rooms in a apartment and say service apartment that was back breaking work too real instead of being tech and uh, virtual world for me i didn't enjoy it much and i was trying to get back to tech i discovered that about myself and while i was trying to get back to tech the good folks at uh, who had funded us uh, in uh, brain visa they approached me and saying do you want to raise money for your service apartment thing it seems like a good business this would have been similar to oyo in those days right uh, i said it's a good business but i don't want to do it it's boring and not something i want to do although this was somebody offering me money you know and pravin bhai uh, he had funded me earlier uh, he was starting another fund called seed fund he said then if you don't want to do this why don't you come and join us as a partner we are starting up i said i don't want to be a vc uh i'm not sure is that is just 3 days a week you can work and you know uh that was attractive to me 
because I uh, my only son uh, Vardhuman was born two years ago. He was at the age where he wanted to spend more time with me. I wasn't able to uh, because of whatever I was doing, and I would try to travel a lot and all that. And this was three days a week. Uh, uh, interesting thing, and I, I said, okay, I'll try for three years, three months, and then I will decide. So I went there, had a trial period of three months, and then became a partner. Sitpal. Fair enough. And I guess you kind of found your calling. You've... I found my calling while spending five years at Seed Fund. I found my calling in taking bets on just people and markets, real bets without any data. And that's what I've been doing since then. Uh, the calling of whether I want to do India focused and India quotient, that happened when I interacted with. Uh, lot of global VCs while at Seed Fund and I saw that they have no clue about what India is and how India is. And, and to that point, Hari, today bulk of the VC firms right, are headed by uh, people who have studied, come from small towns, studied in India, worked in India only. We have very few uh, people with a US background in India in, in the VC world today. It's changed completely. Bulk of the firms have changed. What did your parents do when you were in school and college? And... My father is a chartered accountant. Hmm. Uh, my mom is a homemaker. My mom uh, was a Sanskrit graduate from Kolkata uh, with a love for reading. She, would, uh, she could devour uh, one novel a day. Hmm. And one of my earliest memories is to take a cycle, go to the... To the there were only one or two bookshops in Ahmedabad those days. Uh, not a city known for uh, literary pursuits. So I would go to the shopkeeper. The shopkeeper knew what my mom wants to read. He'll give me another book or maybe two sometimes to the library and I'll pick the books and carry back. And I would uh, also pick a few for myself. Right? Uh, my father uh, was a CA. He was a ranker, uh, also a CS gold medalist. So very methodical, uh, stickler for grammar, stickler for mathematics. His philosophy, and which is why I developed my mental faculty in mathematics, uh, was that you shouldn't need, shouldn't study mathematics. You should just know it. You don't prepare for a math exam, and I wouldn't prepare. It was good fun for me. I wouldn't prepare, and uh, so so my ability in mathematics and uh, my ability in English grammar was my mom. She starting from English grammar to Hindi grammar to Sanskrit grammar. She was the one who who laid the foundation for me. I started enjoying writing because both of them used to write letters to me uh, and they would write letters to everybody in the family. Uh, nice lengthy letters in good language. So that's where I, I picked up these things. Uh, also, my father, uh, he he was a well-positioned uh, person in Ahmedabad. He used to work in mills and he had his own CA practice. So some of my cousins, he would uh, help them with a little bit of money to help them start their business and take a small partnership and usually you know we'll sell the partnership back to them when the business was established uh, that was my first brush with uh, I would say venture capital in known people although he didn't get rich by that so I, I corrected that so <laughs> hmm. uh, kind of a standard question to end with um, over the next three five years uh, in terms of what's next for you uh, give us a sense of what are some of the things about India that really excite you where you also see investment opportunities and what worries you most about India? 
I think in India, we have accepted uh, and adopted technology. And, and uh, I think uh, once as a country we adopt technology, the simple fact that everybody in the country today can use UPI, even farmers, for example, uh, are, are paying some of our companies through UPI. Uh, I feel that then once we have established that people are keen and happy to adopt technology, we should look no different than a Western country. I mean, then uh, we should have a technology layer on top of the economy everywhere. Every every startup, every every interaction between entities, people to people, people to company, people to government, there should be software. Uh, I see a lot of potential in that. Uh, I also see a lot of uh, great entrepreneurship culture. We are the country of entrepreneurs. Every farmer in our country, unlike China and US, is an entrepreneur. Every farmer decides what to grow on his own. Crops look very different within the same village and many a times. And every farmer actually has to fight for himself. We, we, uh, we have really the biggest pool of entrepreneurs. This is what excites me. They're the best people. Technically, we're very highly qualified. Uh, what worries me are a few things and what could, could sort of, you know, the government has focus on jobs, which is good. The government is not focusing on capturing intellectual property. Mm. Today, we are celebrating, uh, you know, reverse brain drain. People are not going abroad, you know. But to be honest, we are sending companies abroad. Everybody is opening companies in Delaware from India. You know, uh, some of the B2C companies are based out of Singapore. In fact, phone pay is flipping back into India. After flipping away to uh, Singapore, they're flipping back to India. Uh, I see it as a big brain drain. You know, we might capture some jobs here. But the intellectual property, the tech ecosystem, and the wealth creation will not happen for our citizens because, you know, these companies will be based abroad. So we actually have a lot of virtual brain drain. I see it as a big negative. I also see in the software world, in my world, we haven't actually created a fair, uh, a fair and, uh, you know, uh, playing field for Indian software firms. Uh, I feel that, uh, you know, it is heavily... The incumbents in the software world, I see another threat in in the way uh, uh, Indians are still Indian software companies are being crowded out by by global monopolies, right? And the fact that there is no no level playing field, uh, there is no fairness in the game. Uh, that remains another risk. And I would say that uh, Indian government has to focus on software independence as much as hardware independence. Uh, the ecosystem is ready, by the way. And I would say that, you know, as a part of software independence, like what we did Suzuki and like we did foreign banks, our insurance companies, we need to bring these global biggies into India. Hindustan mm. uh, Lever is not a, just a merely 100% subsidiary of, uh, of uh, Unilever. It is an Indian company and we need to need a Hindustan Google and we need a Hindustan Facebook, Hindustan Amazon and there will be a level playing field and that will be the big best direction for, for India to grow. Very nice. I was used to relying on uh, following your tweets for your daily pearls of wisdom. Uh, wonderful opportunity to get a one hour exposure to it. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Great talking. Excellent. Uh, definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Thank you so much. Absolutely. 
that's it for this week's Start of Fridays. Wherever you are listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. Have a great Friday and a wonderful weekend ahead.